This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Can parents be convinced of football as a viable career option in Singapore? And should student athletes stop training during the exam period? Hi, my name is Azali Abdulaziz and these are some of the topics we will be discussing on this episode of ST Sports Talk, which is the second of a three-part podcast we have with the two men spearheading the Unleash the Raw project to lift Singapore football standards. They are Mr. Lim Tek Yin, Chief Executive Officer of Sports Singapore, and Mr. Bernard Tan, Deputy President of the Football Association of Singapore. Convincing parents to allow their children to pursue football is obviously a very important part of Unleash the Raw. How do you plan to do this? In Active SG's Academy Second Clubs, we see parents coming to sign their children up because they have an inherent belief that Well, on one level, the children need to expend energy somewhere. On another level, they would hope that sport and physical activity will be part of their children's lives throughout their lives, enables them to stay healthy and fit. I think for those reasons, uh, we don't need to be convincing parents. We need to make the program accessible. I think what you're referring to is parents allowing their children to pursue the elite path. Yes. And, and this is the conversation that I've heard time and again, and I've heard it on the radio this morning as well, where a mother was asked, would you allow your child to pursue a professional football playing career? And I think every parent's uh, concern is whether the child is going to make it. And I think that concern uh, is not uh, just unique to sport. Will my child make it as an engineer? Will my child make it as a lawyer? I think the answer is really in presenting to the parent a compelling value proposition for the development of the child as an athlete and as somebody who will grow up and have a full-blown career in football, and much more. All athletes, all full-time, all professional athletes retire from the professional game at some point and move on to something else. You have to you look across all our full-time athletes, those who are professional. Derek Wong comes to mind. A professional badminton player, played in some of the professional leagues in the region, now working as an auditor in Deloitte. His wife, Vanessa, working in Sport SG as a high-performance manager in Singapore Sports Institute. The critical success factor for many high-performance athletes are their clear vision of what they want, a clear strategy and determination uh, to be able to be disciplined in the implementation of their training and of their plans, and then to be able to execute and learn. That is the same formula of success for a post-playing career. Mm. Nobody, I think, in this room doubts that when Joseph Schooling retires from swimming, swimming full-time now, that he will find a good job and a good career to pursue and everything that he has learned through swimming will hold him in good stead. Here, though, parents ask, it's not just my child, it's the team. And that's where we need to ensure that the program 
and how we organize and how we manage and how we mentor the program will uplift not just an individual, but a team. And that's what parents uh, will be looking at before they decide, am I going to let my child join this academy program? Am I going to allow my child to join this elite pathway program? She's going to look at who the coaches are, what kind of influence and impact it's having on the child, on the youth, whether they see qualities of character, qualities of life skills, qualities of, if you like, of the mind that give father and mother the confidence that my child's future is secure, not just because she or he or she plays football, but that he or she has the skills that are going to hold her in good stead down the line. And I think that's what we need to be thinking about when we think about sport, professional sport, and post-career sporting uh, prowess. And sporting industry, post-career football, is not just in coaching. It's also in administration. It's also in business development. And I think we see today an increasing number of ex-athletes in Singapore moving on to full business career, either as entrepreneurs or working in professional firms in varying fields of endeavor. I, I just wanted to add to that, you know, I think also this project is probably launched at an opportune time because I think Singapore is going through, again, an, another generational change to the, maybe the 4G Singapore. I think in the 4G Singapore, parents and kids are understanding there are multiple ways to success. It's not just academia, but I can do academia, I can do music, I can do sports. And there's an opportunity now that we lay in front of kids that you can do both. And the promise basically is that both will reinforce each other, right? If you do well in sports, it should not be at the expense of academics. In fact, it should reinforce your academics and vice versa. And that's the kind of, uh, I think, thinking that increasingly parents are having. And this is one, one of the reasons why Dickin is telling you more parents are bringing kids to sports, uh, active SG. Why, you know, when LCS had their academy tryouts, they had 2,000 kids turn out. I have spoken to increasingly to more parents, both from Heartlands as well as for more well-to-do estates, why they are asking their kids, uh, wanting their kids. And you know, the recurrent dream is, he loves it so much, let him try. Let him try. And that's the refrain that I keep hearing. If you like what you're hearing so far, do subscribe to our podcast, ST Sports Talk, on your favorite audio apps, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Like us and rate us. Now back to our show with CEO of Sport SG, Lim Tae In, and FAS Deputy President, Bernard Tan. But I also want to reinforce what uh, uh, Tae In is saying. If training is discipline, you come here, you do 90 minutes, you turn up 10 minutes before, you do your warm-ups, 90 minutes training, you, you end, you have a debrief, off you go home, you make sure you finish your homework. If you have a structured program where values are taught, football excellence is taught, there's concern of your academics so that we don't just do football but we worry you as a whole person, there's constant dialogue with parents, constant dialogue perhaps with teachers. I think that kind of environment, a lot more parents will have the distinct confidence of saying, let it go try. I, I agree. Um, but I think the question for us, uh, to, to you, is 
how are you going to get there? The examples you cited are largely individual sports, as you pointed out, badminton, swimming. In football, success depends on 10 other players. And like we said, right now, football doesn't have that culture of excellence. How are you going to get there? I, I think when you speak about the performance of our current national teams at any one point in time, that particular performance of a particular generation of national team should not colour multiple generations. Singapore's football history has been rife with examples of footballers who have gone on to succeed in their careers in life and those that have stumbled and struggled. But that is true in all fields of endeavour, not just in the sport of football and not just in sport. What we aim to do with a high-performance project like this that aims to build out a high-quality ecosystem is to say, let's work together and put our focus on ensuring that what we are offering our children and youth is something that any parent whose child is interested in football will be willing to entrust their children to and to be able to uh, back that up and support it. And that program would have to look holistically at the child's development. So when Bernard talks about we're not compromising academics over football, and we don't need to talk about compromising football for the sake of academics, it reminds me of a conversation I had with Sergio Lopez, who said to me, you know, when exams come, I tell the swimmers and their parents, keep training. We will lower the intensity so that they can commit more time to their exam preparations. But your sport mirrors what you're going to see in your life. In other words, things don't just stop because you have something else to prioritize. You find the discipline and the skills to manage. And he went on to say that this is not just philosophically good, but this is important if you're going to succeed both in your fields of endeavor and studies as well as in sport, because life is like that. Nothing in your career lifetime is going to allow you to stop being a father while you uh, decide to extend your career. And nothing is going to say you have to put your career on hold because you just have to be a father. You've got to be able to carry both. And a lot of people in our society do that very well in different fields of endeavor. And there's no reason why in sport you will not be able to do so too. But in as far as setting the tone is concerned, the leaders of this project, whether you're leading on the field as a coach, whether you're leading in administration, we have all to be very clear that when we talk about excellence, we are uncompromising on the values. And that tone needs to be set from today and there's an urgency for it. And this project provides the focus. And, and Yulin, I mean, I, I want to build on that as well. To create a culture of excellence, we are in the plans coming up with uh, SFAs 
as well as COEs that will be accredited by the FAS. The demands that we're making in order to create this excellence is actually quite significant. First, a much higher graded coach, someone who's probably ex been exposed externally from Singapore, someone who's exposed to the high-level, high-tempo soccer that we want to play. We want people who have been used to developing children and witnessing them so they come with experience. We want the kids to train four times a week at a greater intensity than they have been doing now. We want them to obviously display the ability, like what Tegin says, to manage both academia as well as the sporting excellence. We want parents to be involved. These are all contributory factors. If you now sit down and say, if we try all this and we don't see any improvement, I wouldn't believe you. I think if we set the infrastructure right, we have the correct ingredients, we will see a much higher standard of soccer being played. And there goes the final whistle for our chat. We hope you enjoyed listening to us. Uh, thank you once again, uh, Mr. Lim Tae-in and Mr. Bernard Tan for your time with us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's a wrap for the second of our three podcast episodes on Singapore's new Unleash the Raw National Football Project. You can search for our show, ST Sports Talk, on your favourite audio apps, Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Google Podcasts. Like us and rate us.